Yo, what's up with it? We are here for another episode of the Mildcast with a special interview. My name is Chris Cash. I'm a rapper and radio personality here in Las Vegas. Yeah, what it do? It's your boy Nova Bless, the dumbest rapper alive. Right. Signed with Cash Chevelli Music, and we out here. You already know. Okay, we got a special guest for you right what? now. This is Anthony Delgado with Disrupt Puerto Rico, man. Yeah. Talking to people, my G. We out here, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I, I appreciate you. No doubt. Yeah, man, definitely. Bro, you that guy. You that guy in Puerto Rico <laughs> right now, man. So it's crazy. I, I was talking to Cash earlier, and I was like, you know, you can own your city. You could be the biggest person in your city and uh-huh. rep your city um, to the fullest. And yeah, I mean that's what I'm doing with Puerto Rico. I'm I, I was joking with a friend of mine earlier, and I was like that the Puerto Rico tourism department need to cut me a check because <laughs> I got people moving right. out there, starting right. businesses out there, and all yeah. that. It's like that, <laughs> it's like that. That's what they say. You doing? You trying to make uh, Puerto Rico the new Silicon Valley? Trying uh-huh. to make Puerto Rico great again, man. I got yeah. the hat and everything. Um, Ooh, you gotta have to say, <laughs> you gotta have to say, Puerto Rico great again. Yeah, what man. color is it? is it? Is it like the flag on there? So, so it's flipped. Instead of red and white, it's white and red. Mm, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man. I mean, the thing is, Puerto Rico. I mean, first and foremost, let me take a step back. Okay. So, um, my name is Anthony Delgado. I've been a software developer, serial entrepreneur for the last ten years. Mm-hmm. And when Hurricane Maria struck the island of Puerto Rico, it Affected the 3.5 million people that live there, not only physically, yeah. like hitting the infrastructure, but also financially hitting their economy. Okay. So the economy already wasn't doing well, mm. uh, and the biggest driver of the economy is tourism and leisure. Okay. And as soon as the hurricane happened, everybody got scared. Mm. People weren't taking vacations there. People stopped taking their honeymoon because they didn't know if the lights were ca- it came back on X, Y, and Z. Okay. And I found out that the number one driver of the economy was tourism. Now, all the Puerto Ricans that I know in New York, we're bosses. We mm-hmm. own businesses. We're making moves. Mm-hmm. We're, we're some of the most influential people in the world. So when I thought about, you know, 33% of the people in my island mm-hmm. working in, you know, hotels, working in, you know, ser- service-based jobs. And again, not to disrespect anyone's job, but the fact that the entire economy was based on that, mm-hmm. a light bulb went off in my head and I was like, you got to do something about that. And so, but but to back up, we gave away th- um, three hundred solar panel lights, okay. food and water. And after supplies. the hurricane, yeah. Okay. Well, well, after hurricane first first happened, mm-hmm. we sent over a pallet of water, pallet of food, okay. and like all of New York City mobilized. Everybody who's Puerto Rican, and not only Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, Cubans, Blacks, Whites, went to Asian. Puerto Rico? Well, no, to not Puerto- went to Puerto Rico, but did donations. Okay. And there That's were tight. these really giant, um, like, drives. Like, the, the streets were locked off because so many people were donating. Mm-hmm. So, I went ahead and, and uh, was one of the people that donated. We, we grabbed some supplies and sent it over. Then we look on the news. They're not giving the supplies out. Mm-hmm. So, me and some friends of mine, we booked one-way mm-hmm. tickets. And we went all the way out to Puerto Rico to make the impact that we could ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we went city to city, town to town, with cases of water and with solar panel lights. Um, shout out to Danny Cotton from World Star Hip Hop. Uh, he started a nonprofit uh-huh. uh, called Powerful Puerto Rico, okay. and he was the one that supplied us with the solar panel lights. Okay. Um, also linked up with Crazy Legs. Crazy Legs did a collaboration with. Um, with Red Bull, uh-huh. and they give away water filtration systems. Mm-hmm. But basically, everybody in, in hip-hop and, and tech and c- culture, everybody got together, and we all mobilized. Angie mm-hmm. Martinez teamed up with Title Music. Mm-hmm. Like, all these people just came just down. Because the government didn't do shit. 
It was crazy. It was it was almost mm. like because to my understanding, Puerto Rico is a district of America. It's a district state. Exactly. It's not officially a state. It's been talks for maybe, I don't know, seven, seven to ten years, I feel like, yeah. where it's been like, oh, we want to make Puerto Rico a state. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if it's bullshit about, oh, we got uh, another star on the flag. I mean, you know, <laughs> some bullshit, some politics <laughs> shit. Yeah. But to my understanding, Puerto Rico is looked as under it's part of the American states, yeah. It's like Bahamas, it's like yeah. uh, Panama, it's mm-hmm. a lot of other places that it's like a commonwealth, you okay. know. It's a commonwealth. There are tax dollars that come back from Puerto Rico and go to here. America. To America, get the fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. So you telling me there's Puerto Ricans paying taxes to the American government, mm-hmm. yet when the shit went down, they was just basic. It almost seemed like, well, we we just not gonna do it because I, I'm pretty sure that was Trump. That led that shit, right? Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of bureaucracy. There was a lot of crazy things that happened. Um, there was a lot of mismanagement. Mm-hmm. You know, the crazy thing is there were supplies that were there, mm-hmm. but they weren't getting distributed. So there were like two million bottles of water that they found in the middle of the forest a year Get later that literally no. were were just wasted wow. because nobody gave them out. So I don't think I don't think they were ready. Right, but but Puerto Rico, there is they are Commonwealth of the United States. Everybody in Puerto Rico is a United States citizen. People okay. don't realize that. Really, you don't need a passport to go there. It's part of the United States. Everybody that's there is a citizen, but they're not allowed to vote for the president mm-hmm. unless they move to another state. Mm-hmm. So while you're living in Puerto Rico, you can't vote if you're a resident. Wow. If you move, you move to Miami. Right. Boom, you could vote. You know, but the thing is, so you have all these people and they they don't even have a a congressperson. They send a guy to Congress, but he can't vote. He just goes there and it's just like, oh, that's cool. It's my opinion. But he can't vote with everybody else. So let me ask you something. So it's kind of like with second class citizens. That's what it seems like. That's what it seems like. So do you feel like in your endeavors to essentially make Puerto Rico because essentially what I what I see you doing is as you set up these foundations with your company and bringing this uh, awareness to Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico will grow and once Puerto Rico starts bringing in money where it's like oh shit you know Puerto Rico they just busted one billion dollars a year through mm-hmm. marketing uh, networking outsourcing whatever within the avenue at that point do you think the American government would say hey um We'll, yeah, we'll go ahead and make you a state now, and we'll give your people all the subsidiary benefits, and we'll build you up because now you can play into the bigger picture. Do you see that being something that what you're doing will amount to? Well, I I, I do think that a lot of the seeds that we're planting are going to help Puerto Rico thrive and prosper and help the economy. But my thing, I'm not even really big on statehood. Okay. Uh, I like Puerto Rico having its independence from the okay. state. Um, there's something that Puerto Rico can offer people that no other state can, mm-hmm. and that's zero percent taxes. Okay, zero percent taxes on capital gains. If you move there mm-hmm. and you own a business, you don't have to pay taxes to the federal government. And money? Puerto Rico has a has a mm-hmm. law called Act Twenty and Act Twenty Two mm-hmm. that you can apply for. And you pay 0% capital gains and only 4% corporate tax. So they wouldn't be able to do that if they became a state. You know what I mean? They still have a little bit of their own freedom and their own leeway. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Puerto Rico might even lose its culture Mm -hmm. by by becoming 100% a state. Um, But but to, to go back on your point... We are planting seeds. So we started hosting events and workshops. Long story short, um, I looked at the the problem. I was like, yo, people need to learn coding. They need to learn marketing. They need to learn videography, right? Like what we're doing right now, creating podcasts. Why, though? 
Why? Why do people? Because there's so many things out there that people can learn how to do. Mm-hmm. And it's, to my understanding, Puerto Rico is based in agriculture. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That, next to tourism. That, when you told me that, I was actually surprised. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense though. Puerto Rico, you know, vacation, all yeah. that. But to, it, agriculture was your was the main staple in the economy that I thought. Mm-hmm. So bringing tech into it, how? Why that? Why tech? All right. So you got to think about it. Like my great-grandparents that that immigrated my grandparents they had 1600 miles of water that separated them from new york city they couldn't do business in new york without actually moving there right so that's why my family moved to new york city now you have the digital economy if you got wi-fi all you need to succeed is wi-fi and a dream and that's our ethos if you have wi-fi if you have a laptop Mm -hmm. you have the ability to communicate with anybody in the whole world Mm -hmm. you know what i mean that's the reason i'm on this show is Mm -hmm. because of the internet the power of the internet i'm not from vegas i don't really know too many people in vegas but through the power of the internet we was able to connect Mm -hmm. so having waking people up to that realizing that hey listen you can start a global business Mm -hmm. from puerto rico you don't have to leave so one of the big problems right now Mm -hmm. is the smart we're not exporting our smartest ideas we're exporting our smartest people what do you mean so there's a school it's called Maya West they're like the MIT of the Caribbean really small school you have um, people graduate from there they go to work at Microsoft Google Airbnb but the problem is when they leave their dollars leave out of the economy so that's why the economy is suffering so bad. We need new businesses to be created in Puerto Rico, and we need businesses that leverage the digital economy, bringing money in without people having to leave. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Do you feel like those businesses would have to not only... I feel like they would have to leverage the whole American economy. Like, there would have to be something in Puerto Rico that's equivalent to Apple, to say, like, this you know and not maybe just apple mm-hmm. but like extensions of that level of brand where it's like oh that's a puerto rico made phone or a puerto rico's app or software mm-hmm. like an instagram like creative instagram was from puerto rico yeah you know, it'd be like facebook in puerto rico which would provide jobs well, and pe- knowledge and well all people that. are looking for what's going to be the first puerto rican unicorn Right, because right. once you got that first company like an Airbnb or something like that that drops, mm-hmm. it's gonna be game over. It's gonna be opening up the floodgates, especially with the no taxes. Mm-hmm. People are gonna move down there to start their businesses. So there's actually one company. Name of the company is called Brain High, okay. and what they did was after the hurricane, um, the middle class left. The high class people. They stayed because, yo, I got it good. Yeah. My house is strong. Nothing happened to my house. Right. I got money to fix my house if anything happened. I got a good job. I'm not leaving. The really low-class, poorer people, more mm-hmm. poverty-stricken people, they stayed too because they couldn't afford to leave. Right. So it was the middle class mm-hmm. that left. So mm-hmm. what that happened for Brain High is the doctors stayed, but the nurses' assistants and the, and the secretaries mm-hmm. for the doctors left. Mm-hmm. So now you got a doctor. He don't got his, yeah, his secretary, his desk right. girl, who's going to answer the phone, who's going to book the appointments. Right. So Brain High created an AI. It's like an app okay. that you connect to Facebook Messenger, you connect to text messages. And now you can text your doctor and be like, oh, I need an appointment. It looks on the calendar, and it does all of that it for the set doctor. You up. AI, you said. Yeah. Now, you, now, from what I've heard about you, you believe AI is that thing like mm-hmm. it's a lot of people right now saying cryptocurrency go get your crypto coins on mm-hmm. but to you the future is ai that is what amazon was in 1992 ai right now yeah and so invest in ai 
Definitely. Okay. Well, the thing is, well, and that goes back to jobs, right? So you mentioned like agriculture. Okay. They could create a bot that could take that could do the agriculture job. Mm. So even if there is agriculture in Puerto Rico, which of course it's it's tropical, that's not gonna really create that many jobs. And AI is killing is gonna kill everyone's job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elon Musk just announced um, every single Tesla on the road. He's coming out with an app, turn them on to Ubers. So you own a Tesla, you want to rent it out like Airbnb, you could be like, oh, I'm going on vacation next month. You turn it on, and that car is going to drive itself and go pick people up, drop them off, and you get paid. Okay. So you get paid off of your car. Wow. You know how many people's jobs are going to get lost? And mm-hmm. and he's releasing a truck, semi-tractor trailer, mm-hmm. that drives itself as well. Wow. Now, that seems super beneficial, and it seems doable. More than, like, I, I get it. You know, the future is, is really unpredictable. It always mm-hmm. is. Like, when you think of the concepts, even as uh, all touchscreen phones in 1995, that was it was crazy. like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want some demolition man <laughs> shit? Well, yeah, I heard that sci fi. So, so hearing about. We good? So, hearing about AI and Tesla's doing Uber seems like, wow, really? That's like, it seemed, it, to the initial person, it's like high risk. Like, that shit mm-hmm. might just hit somebody. Like, what the fuck? It's not a person. Yeah. They don't know. Like, when a raccoon run across the road and you got a hit, you know? But a semi truck, something that stays on the freeways, that seems doable. Mm-hmm. That seems super. And so you feel like that technology can go to Puerto Rico. And really, and help grow. Well, no. So, so it's actually the opposite. That technology is going to remove a lot of jobs. So, mm-hmm. a lot of jobs are going to end up disappearing. So, you right. need to learn how to create that AI. Right. You need to learn manage how to it. do, yeah, right. manage it, yeah. or something, something above that, yeah. right? Because what's what's going to happen? A lot of jobs are going to disappear. Right. Um, we good? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we started the truck. And we started hosting events and workshops down mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico. And we created an event called the Shrub Week, mm-hmm. which is essentially like the South by Southwest of Puerto Rico. Okay. So we have big tech companies, entrepreneurs, and then musicians come in. Mm-hmm. And we do tech events in the daytime and then musical events in the evening. Wow. And it is a it is a, a week-long mm-hmm. celebration. Of, and, and people are gravitating to this. Yeah, we this had is, over 600 people last year. Really? Because yeah. this, is, this, this is like a monumental merger. I mean, you're taking the tech industry, which is captivating. This goes to something I really want to ask you about. Techs to the world are nerds. Mm-hmm. You a tech guy. You don't come off as a nerd, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you don't got no nerd in you, but you, you heavy tech. Like, you mm-hmm. know how to write code. You know how to set up software and, and develop it and market it. Like, you know computer. If I give you a computer, that's probably your best tool. Yeah. You know, a computer or a phone. But you don't seem like you seem like a gun would be your best tool, my <laughs> guy. I'm just saying that's what that's what it looked like. So, so it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, I grew up in a in an urban environment, and you know, I was at gunpoint when I was a teenager, and mm-hmm. uh, freaking ran around with stick up kids, and mm. uh, had some charges that got dropped for various robberies and crimes and all sorts of crazy stuff. Wow. Um, I went to juvie when I was young. Um, ended up going to 12 different schools by the time I was uh, graduating 12th grade. Man. So you do the math. Damn. Uh, but, and, and I got turned on to the internet as a ways of making money. Okay. So I, I started selling mixtapes first in the streets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was selling mixtapes in the streets. Maybe I was making $50 a week. Right. Like most, then, most niggas. Most yeah, niggas out yeah, here. You, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I started taking those same mixtapes, selling them on Amazon, and I made $3,000 in a day. 
On Amazon? On Amazon. When was this? This was like 2004 or something like that. He was selling mixtapes on Amazon. Yeah, well, when mm-hmm. in that 50 Cent, that G-Unit wave, mm-hmm. when G-Unit was dropping all those mixtapes, I started selling them online, mm-hmm. and it just blew up, and I started selling mixtapes to people all around the world. So mm-hmm. I looked at the internet as a way to make money, as a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I started coding, like MySpace layouts or whatever, it was, again, it was a tool. I didn't look at myself as a software developer. Yeah. It was just like, no, well, I'm going to use this tool to make money. And simultaneously, I was still selling drugs. I was selling weed. I was selling, oh, yeah. selling all yeah. sorts of stuff. And I looked at the two ROIs. Mm-hmm. And I, had, I kept getting locked up for weed. I, started, I kept getting bagged. And, right. and I had to pay lawyers and bail and all this stuff. And then... I also looked at my profit margins and I was like, yo, I could buy a dipset shirt. I used to sell dipset shirts, one of the things I sold on eBay and Amazon. Okay. And I could buy that shirt for $10, I could sell it for 35 and I'm making three, four X my money. Right. Or I could buy an ounce, back then drugs were more expensive, I think the weed price went down, but whatever, I could buy an ounce for this much and sell it for that much and I wasn't even doubling it, it up barely man, by the time I smoked. Bro, that's how it goes. That's like, <laughs> That's one thing I learned, especially wow. on, the, on the East Coast. If you get your shit from the East Coast mm-hmm. and you sell your shit on the East Coast, like you selling drugs for fun. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. It's <laughs> like I just want to be a drug dealer right. and be cool. Like you know it's low risk. You know what I'm saying? You're that guy, and you always got something to smoke. Yeah, I, it's crazy that a lot of people still don't see that that connection. Mm-hmm. It was almost as if, and it makes sense to where you are now because that level of being a, of um of a, distrib- a distributor of buying shit cheap and selling it marked up online is the wave right now. Yeah. Like, man, you can't go through four YouTube videos before something either say, I do got a car or yeah. I don't got a car, but mm. sign up for my class and I'll teach you how to sell shit online. Go to Wish.com, man. buy this for seven and sell it for 21 on your uh-huh. website. You were doing that a decade before yeah. it was a wave. Yeah. And that... I, I, I mean, well, and now I see all these gurus like teaching it, and I'm just like, all right, I got it. I am now. I got to make a course because right. listen, I, I, what the hell was? My mom has said this. Mm-hmm. She was like, you need to tell these motherfuckers you you've been selling shit online before they was born. Right? Because it's these little sixteen year old kids. I'm like, right. you know what I mean? I'm 33. I'm doing the math. I'm like, dude, you wasn't even alive. I was flipping shit on eBay and Amazon, and you making a course. What the fuck is going on? Okay. But but yeah, so so I, I started selling clothes online. I started selling like whatever the fuck I could get online, and and I started making a lot of money. And I was like, okay, well this is the wave. I don't want to keep getting getting cases. Da-da-da-da. And so then I opened the store. Long story short, I opened the store, clothing store, and I was selling clothes to the drug dealers. Okay. I was like, y'all sell drugs, and y'all can come buy the clothes from me. Okay. <laughs> and um, I ended up get, uh, catching a case. Um, one day a dude comes into my store, and he tries on a pair of sneakers. And he's like, yo, you know what? I get some, some. I mean, I just moved out here. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm going to give you somebody's number. Let me call my man. Right, regular. And come and find out the dude was an undercover cop. He was walking around the neighborhood for six months, Hmm. just going up to people. Asking people? Who's the plug? Who's the plug? Who's the plug? Who's the plug? And he was keeping a list and checking it twice. And then six months later, Hmm. the hammer came down. 50 people got locked up in one day. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's some real. You said New York. Uh, Secret indictment in West New York, yeah. Wow. Hmm. You know what's so crazy? One thing I love about New York is that whenever I hear real life stories, 
they are almost mirror reflections of shit that's in movies. It sounds like a movie, do, right? Bro. Like it's like, yo, this city is is a real movie. It's not like, oh, this shit, like that shit fake. Like when you go to LA, like LA is not LA in the movies. When you go, when you look at LA in the movie, it's like, oh, pretty girls who DTF. You know what I'm saying? The sun shining. <laughs> Maybe you go out to LA and you just see smog. Like I thought oh, it was man. clear sky today. Who the fuck is the sun? And the girls all bougie and shit. You, you know. <laughs> but New York is like, yo, this shit, this crazy, this shit real, like yeah, this camera around the motherfuckers. So yeah, yeah no, nah, it's real life shit. I mean, and the thing is, like, we grew up around celebrities. We grew up in New York. I, I was talking to to Miguel Camera, and he was talking about how, like, yeah, I went to the after school program for, with Fat Joe and Big Pun's after school program, mm-hmm. right? So it's like we we're used to kind of being in that vibe. With other celebrities okay. Everybody in the world Even the biggest people That want to be celebrities It's a destination Similar to LA But mm-hmm. it's a it's a major destination That mm-hmm. even people That's not from New York Move there right. So we're definitely used to Like that fast life You know And they say What do they say Like you make it there You make it anywhere right. But um, Damn right. But yeah So I ended up catching a case mm-hmm. And then I ended up Going on the run mm-hmm. um, I ended up Going back and forth to court I had bailed out And they were like Listen we got you on camera. This dude had a mic. Mm. So you want to go to trial? Go to trial. We're going to smoke mm. you. Mm. So I copped a plea. And uh, and then I was like, yeah, I'll see you. I'll see you in court. And I just like went on the run. And I was on the run for five years. Mm. So for five years, I'm making money off the laptop. Wow. For five years, I was making money off of Google, selling a little stuff on Amazon, but I kind of stopped selling stuff. But I, I started a website called Unreleased Hip Hop. Mm. And that website ended up getting millions of views every month. And we put ads on it. And I made my full-time income from this website, UnreleasedHipHop.com. Mm-hmm. And thanks to that, I was able to do collaborations with like B2K, with Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the Beats by Dre store opened up in Soho, we had like backstage passes, VIP press passes. Yeah. And it was dope. It was, it was a lot of relationships that got built um from that from that media outlet okay. and again i was coding a little bit on the site to make sure it was good and da, 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 but i didn't look at myself like i'm coding okay. i was like i got this website on release hip-hop let's put some ads on it mm-hmm. let's make some money okay. you know now is this the company that you started in 2008 uh, this yeah, one? this is back that's then. That one? This okay. is back in 2008, exactly. Okay, and and then simultaneously with a business partner, um, we started a website called Cranium Fitness. Now this wasn't my site. Uh, it was it was a, a friend of mine, and uh, he basically hired me to make the site for him. And that blew up. That was in that Snapback era when Snapbacks were really yeah, hot. Yeah, and uh, he ended up doing three million the first year. What? Yeah. And so he he did very well with the site, and he was like, "Yo, bro, I want you to move out here, and I want you da da da." da. And I was like, "Yo, bro, I can't really do that right now. He wanted me to take more active role. I didn't want to tell him it was because I had warrants, but that was the actual reason, right? And <laughs> no, no, I can't go out there right now. Yeah, I got this bag. Like, oh, I understand, <laughs> I understand, but listen, I got family here. And I, I just can't go. I get it, man. But but yeah, so I ended up getting getting caught eventually. And uh, and I did 18 months. I did 18 months in jail. And then, but it was funny because I came home. Motherfuckers like, who goes to jail and gets smarter? Like you came out smarter. (laughs) And it was because, well, the first thing that's crazy is the website was up the whole time. Mm -hmm. So my whole bid 
Google sending me checks. Mm. Wow, he's collecting checks. Collecting now, checks. Did you know? But it's with somebody. No, no, I, I knew. You? I knew. I had. I had my family watch the money and okay, make sure. Dope. And then they were taking the money, sending it to me. Oh, okay. So I was able to have all the books, right, all wow. the magazines, whatever I wanted. So oh, I was just reading books. Shit. I read the Forty Eight Laws of Power. I read the Four mm. Agreements. I read Russell Simmons' biography, yeah, and man. I was just getting smarter. Hell so when yeah. I came home, you had power. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> mm. wow. Absolutely, and um. So I came home and, and long story short, uh, I got into tech. So I came home and I had a thing on my on my ankle. I had a bracelet, okay. and I had a curfew. And they were like, "Get a job or go to jail." Right. And at that point, I had never had a job. I was always an entrepreneur, hustler, whatever you want to call it. Right. And they were like, "Get a job or go to jail." I was like, "All right, well, I'm gonna choose job." Right. <laughs> I'll clock in. I'll clock in rather than never clock out. That's <laughs> um, but like most of the people that were on parole with me. They were getting jobs in Starbucks or uh, Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, White Castle. And I was like, listen, I'm not, that's not me. And so I got a job at a tech company and they was not paying me that much. They really wasn't. But you know what? I showed up every day with a suit. Mm. Because I wanted that job okay. yeah, I'm not going to McDonald's right. Oh, okay And whatever I worked at a tech company for, for about two years Until I came off for parole When I was there I got to work with big ass companies Like uh, like Pfizer okay. Whole Foods LG And I got to see How these big companies mm. Run their IT Mm. How do they mm. run their shit? Well, yeah. how do they operate at that level? Wow. Um, and again, I took it as a learning experience. I didn't take it as, oh, this is a nine to five job. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to reverse engineer everything that they're doing. Mm. And then I realized that they were, even though they was only paying me $14 an hour, when I went out and I helped somebody, they would charge two twenty five for my first hour and one hundred and seventy five each hour after that. Wow. Mm. So I didn't get bitter about it. I was like, "Oh wow, this my time tough. is worth yeah. money. <laughs> this is shit yeah. right here. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> let me go ahead and figure out how I can do this uh-huh. for myself. Uh-huh. That's lit. Um, so I went from that tech company to another tech company, and then um, I ended up working at a company in Newark called Founders. And Newark is like the Compton of the East Coast. It's a really bad neighborhood in in, uh, Jersey. It's like 10 minutes from New York. It's like uh, guns, drugs, gangs. Um, The the mayor actually uh, said he was going to end the gang violence. And the Bloods out there made a video and they killed somebody ISIS style. They decapitated uh, they a student. They sent shit to the government? Yeah, and they sent it to the mayor. And they were like, yeah, oh, you're going to end the gangs? And they have bandanas on their face. And, and that happened in Newark. So oh, just to give you like an idea. You don't do oh. that out here, bro. That's not something that's popular out here, bro. We don't got terrorists like gang members, bro. <laughs> oh, crazy. man. But um, but yeah. So I went to Newark, and um, I have a business partner of mine. His name is Gerard Adams, okay. and we started this uh, tech accelerator. I'll be knowing that's that twenty minute limit. <laughs> um. No, we heard like a clip. We heard like a chop. But um, but yeah. So went out to to Newark and we started this tech accelerator called Founders, and we made investments, ten thousand dollar investments into minority owned companies. So black owned companies, Latino owned companies, female entrepreneurs, like the unlikely entrepreneur. And yeah, I mean it was a great run. I was I was with them for about two years, and that was uh, up until Puerto Rico. 
Okay. So when Puerto Rico happened, I was like, something similar to this wave, mm-hmm. what we're doing out in Newark, we need to do this down in Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. And it's so much more it's so much more value there. Yeah. In that location. Yeah, and that's the thing. So like when we were working in Founders, we had gang members that came into Founders. Wow. And like like we was able to change their life, actually show them like different stuff that they could wow. do. So you tell me some hood ass niggas out there writing code? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, right, right now. <laughs> Right now, starting Shopify stores, <laughs> all that shit. Oh, that shit. Call their customer service, like, nah, nigga, you're not getting that back. And the okay. thing is, we need we need a a, a combination of the culture. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like similar to like basketball. Like they didn't let to uh, used to let anyone that wasn't white play basketball sure. for for a while, right. and then there was a break into that. And now there's a movement called Afrotech mm. and Latinx Tech yeah, where they we want in. That's Hello, we on the door. We yeah, want in. Low key, you know bro, they scared, bro. Mm-hmm. You saw what happened. Like you said, you saw what happened to basketball. And I was like, bro, you got ten, seven. You got ten. You got at least look Puerto Rican if you go be on the court. Like. <laughs> But but so it's the same thing. All those opportunities that are there, mm-hmm. there's some of the and here's the thing with basketball and and even hip hop, mm-hmm. everybody's not gonna be a basketball player. It's right. not gonna happen. Yeah. But you could get a job and do marketing. Right. You could have a podcast and fucking blow up. Right. There there are other shit that you could do to fucking blow yourself up mm-hmm. instead of waiting for the NBA to pick you up. Exactly. You know what I mean. Yeah. And, and that's uh, the beautiful thing with what you guys are doing. You guys are going direct to consumer. Mm-hmm. You don't got no. You don't need nobody's fucking permission. Fuck a record talk, label. Yeah, I just talk. interviewed um, mm-hmm. uh, Charlie Rocket. Mm-hmm. He's the former producer for um, for Chase the Rapper, for Two Chains, and mm-hmm. a lot of other really influential people. Okay, okay. And he was talking about Chase the Rapper. Chance. Uh, Chance. Chance. Chance the Rapper. Yeah. Um, he didn't get a record deal. No, he did. He been. He, no he been like deal. Low, right. He been like fake. Ind- he been independent. <laughs> he been independent. Yeah. But he been independent working with. The, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But he's working with Kanye. Working with. Uh huh. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. So they had to change the rules of the Grammys mm-hmm. in order for him to get a Grammy wow. because his shit was so dope. Yeah. And they were like, "Well, I guess you're independent, but we got to give you a Grammy because right. this shit is too dope." Right. You know. So the the thing is, the rules are changing, mm-hmm. and we need. To to be talking about that right. and the and the cultures need to collide so that's what disrupt is that's what it is because it, it disrupt uh, to me is a brand more than a stationary company it's you know a movement I mean? man. it's a whole thing you know what I mean it's your name like how you how you google a nigga and they say Anthony disrupt Delgado like <laughs> it'll disrupt that's, that's a quotation so you, that's what people want is when they see you like mm-hmm. it'll disrupt and it, it, when getting to know you and hearing your message and it, through any outlet, it really sets the tone for what Disrupt is and what it's going to do uh, for right now Puerto Rico. That's the first step. You know, that's the foundation. And then from there, you, know, you can do, the you whole can do world. whatever the hell you want to do. Because well, you, <laughs> well, I find a dream. Well, you, you, you got to think about this. When you was in school, right, mm-hmm. and the teacher said something wrong, how many people were scared to raise their hand and be like, yo, yo, teacher, yo, I think... That's wrong. I yeah. know you, the teacher. Right. I know that's the position you're in, but that's wrong. Right, right. So we have to have the courage to do that in our communities. Right, right. When we sign that, when we say something that's not right, you have right. to have the courage mm-hmm. to interpret injustices in the world right, and right. be that light, be that person to disrupt that. Or even to add to that, 
how many times have you known the answer, mm-hmm. but you didn't want to raise your hand and, just, right. and mm-hmm. to show everybody how you smell? Like, you know what I'm saying? We have the courage to be like, no, like, we know what's up. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. This, is, this is the answer to, to, to what that is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, to wrap things up, what's like one final thing that you want to let everybody know about you, Disrupt Puerto Rico, and everything? Yeah. Uh, I would say. Check out our podcast on iTunes. Plug, plug, plug. Yeah. Uh, come to our live events. We we yeah. host some of the most intimate live events in the world. Uh, we do some crazy after parties. Like we rented a yacht last year. Like it's, it's really, really, really crazy after parties. He said, uh, one of my friends said, "I never seen this this many beautiful women at a nerd fest." But and the crazy thing yeah. is, now we have a lot of these girls are are they're learning the code. Right. Yeah. They, they want to. They want to. And, yeah. and like we did a video on a yacht, uh-huh. and um, there was a lot of women on there, and there was some some comments, and it's like, yeah, but she owns a business, and she runs a marketing agency, yeah, yeah, exactly. She, you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, yeah. but the one thing I would say is, don't be scared to disrupt yourself. Be the author right. of your own life. Yeah, leave it all. Right. Sure. There you go. And. Is Cashavelli Music invited to the next the next yacht party? Or Please, Abs- absolutely. I'm pulling absolutely. up, I'm pulling okay. up. Absolutely. with the corduroy pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. Uh, but hey, uh, appreciate you pulling up on us, man. Yeah, man. Thank um, you. I just want to shake your hand. We're yeah, doing doing sure. big shit, yeah. you know. And uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. No problem, man. No yeah. problem. There you go. That's the Mobcast, man. I'm Chris Cash. Rapper, radio personality here in Vegas. Yeah, it's your boy Nova Bless, the dumbest rapper alive. Yeah. Side Cash of Artist. Yeah, let them know who you is, man. Let them know. Anthony Disrupt Delgado. What's Woo! up, Disrupt Nation? Come down to Puerto Rico. Come check us out. We out yeah. on the ball. Out here. Let's go. Boom.